Texting enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Come on, one more rep. You got this. Uh, Ten. There it is. Nice work, man. You're a beast. Thanks, man. I feel better than I have in years. And I got to tell you, taking Nugenics makes a huge difference for me. Nugenics? That's the uh, testosterone booster with TV ads with Frank Thomas. The big hurt, right? Oh, yeah. This is a legit product. The key ingredient is testophen, which helps boost free testosterone levels and increase lean muscle mass. Well, it's clearly working for you. Hey, are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try for themselves? Yeah, Nugenics is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. Man, I need to get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. No problem. You just got to send them a text. Text BODY to 42424 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Nugenics samples are not available in stores, so text BODY to 42424 right now. Text B-O-D-Y to 42424. That's BODY to 42424. All right. It's been way, way, way too long. But I'm back. I actually forgot I had this thing. Um, but uh, the other week I saw it, connected it to everything, realized I had heck of much things to connect it to and yeah anyways yeah sean here um this show is very explicit so if you are a minor who should not be listening to explicit stuff get the fuck on out of here now nah. <laughs> uh you know come you can come back when like you know fucking you're older or some shit but other than that I've got some news for everybody. I have been ordained as a minister. Even changed my name legally to uh, my. I have a new title now, a new legal title. Isn't that crazy? I didn't know that uh, churches could do that, like legal titles and shit. I thought that was like only doctors and stuff like that. But no, yeah, my my legal name is now spiritual counselor. Sean Thomas Villafana, isn't that sexy? That's fucking hot. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, you'd figure, like, wait a second. Is this guy satanic or some shit? Like, what the fuck? How is this guy a minister? What kind of minister are you? I'm a thug-ass minister. What the fuck? What do you think? Anyways, I got a song for you. So kick back, and I'll let that play.
Egyptian. That's right, ancient Ebrot tablets was me clowning with thought. If you didn't know, now you do. The more you know. And uh, in all seriousness, um, yeah, no, if you've never read the ancient, uh, the, the ancient Emerald tablets of thought, uh, thought the Atlantean, uh, I believe it was actually uh, written as Hermes the Thriceborn, I think so, right? And, uh, he claimed he was the reincarnation of, uh, the Atlantean thought. But, even though some of the founding fathers of our country uh, have dedicated a lot of time to translating that document, like, um, I believe it was Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Um, people don't really give too much of a shit, do they? Uh, most people don't even know about that thing. Um, in fact, you know, I'd say, for all I know, the whole damn thing uh, isn't even as I've read it. Who knows? I mean, you know, like, we've got stuff online, sure, but the amount of BS out there, it's hard to know what's real, what's not. Uh, I suggest just following your heart, you know. But since we are here in this matrix of a dream world I'd have to say that by default none of us are awake we like to use terms like oh awoken or you know <laughs> people are asleep as we condescend but um, yeah no by default we're all asleep so I mean Unless I see somebody going around doing magicals, you know, flying around and miracles like 
bringing the dead back to life or stuff like that, you know? When I see that, okay, that person's awoke, <laughs> or at least lucid dreaming, right? You know, um, but since nobody has stepped to that, I would say we're probably asleep. You know, um, well, oh, sure, yeah, no, there's psychics and stuff, you know. Uh, I've, I've uh, talked to a lot of them. They're so cool. It's, like, really interesting how we're all connected on a mental level. A big ocean. And, you know, uh, I don't understand how that's taboo. I mean, I do understand, but, I mean, I don't. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's really, uh, it's biblical, we could say like that. I like to look at the story of uh, Genesis and uh, Adam as a perfect representation. Because you have Adam, who realized he was naked. And was immediately ashamed. Now, if you've ever gone to a psychic... I know that you could probably empathize. And the first time you ever go to a psychic, you're like, oh no, do they know? <laughs> they know. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I don't want to know what their thing is, you know, and I'm sure they don't either. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, isn't that always the truth, though? We are always, like, kind of uh, automatically scared and ashamed at first. And you find yourself, too, the very first time, the first maybe even couple times that you go to a psychic, uh, there's a weird automatic projection of judgment. I mean, not always, you know. I mean, we catch ourselves in the moment. And if you're a good enough person, you realize that you're doing it, and you stop. Um, because you see that it's just projection. That is a very elemental thing. Projection. I like to say that the first sin, I don't believe it was uh, so much as eating the fruit, as much as blaming God. Because if you and everybody else seems to have forgotten, uh, that, that, that seems to have forgotten, uh, have forgotten, or just not noticed, Adam blames God in the hiding of himself and in the shame is the automatic assumption and basically a programming of his own reality that he's being judged. Isn't that ironic? Of course, he would not want to look at that factor, so he would go into denial. The very thing of duality you look at it. So when you look at the Bible, you know, uh, the storylines and all, elementally, you see that we all can relate. Uh, I recorded something a bit ago. You know, I don't even remember what I said, really, but uh, let's listen to it. Hi there. My name's Sean, and I do all kinds of things. I do podcasts, I do blogging, blogging, 
uh, web design, book publishing, uh, everything that I didn't do two years ago. And for me, if you don't know me, it all really started when I realized that I procrastinated a lot. You know, they say that about Libras. I'm a Libra son, by the way. That means the sun was in Libra from our perspective on Earth when I was born. But every planet matters. It's all a reflection of us, the cosmos. As within, so without. As above, so below. And for me, I procrastinated too much. Way too much. I had no goal, no ideal, no purpose. I just had fun, right? I was a typical Libra. Sociable, had a lot of friends, made friends with everybody, didn't like to get into disputes or challenges with anybody. You know. <clears throat> you know, for some odd reason when I would drink, I would like to fight. <laughs> you know, but uh yeah, I know. Uh the typical Libra sense is, oh, I don't want to I don't want there to be fighting, you know. Never choosing sides and never really standing up for anything, even ourselves. That's a typical Libra. The perspective of the Libra. I think it was at a bar. I was at a bar one night and I was out there with some friends and I was getting another shot and got my shot the bartender and I looked around and I noticed that everybody whether they were talking to somebody or not whether they were laughing or not all of us we were all looking for something And it hit me that we were looking in the wrong place. It was the beginning of 2016, if you remember that year. That was a fun year, right? <laughs> I think they made uh, all kinds of comical YouTube videos about that year. Yeah, that was, that was pretty much how it went for me. It was very, very, very hectic. All kinds of crazy stuff went on. A lot of dr dramatic stuff. And life-changing stuff. And what really kicked it off for me was the decision to go and see my mother. I spent all my life trying to forget from the age of 15, 
when I last saw her. And the last thing she gave me was a chunk of hair with some scalp still attached to it. Her own, mind you. <laughs> and, um, I didn't keep it. And as creepy and awkward as it is, I kind of, kind of wish I did. But yeah, I was 15. Got in a plane with my brother. We grew up in Hawaii. And we ended up in California. San Jose. Bottom of the Bay Area. Uh, there's like a million people here. Over a million people in this city. It's not that big. I mean, of uh, size. But I mean, population-wise, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of people. A lot of murders, a lot of gangs, a lot of drugs, and a lot of guys that have a lot of macho-ness, right? Man Jose, they call it, because we've got a high male population. Growing up here, besides the culture shock, which is what happens when you move to a new culture and you don't know how to fit in, I began to try to forget my, my childhood. I didn't want to remember. as I got older and I started to make friends actual friends <clears throat> in the sense that I'd open up and talk to them before I never opened up not to any of my counselors or therapists not until I was already an adult in junior college And I I found that whenever I got into a relationship, a romantic relationship, insecurities would come up. Really bad ones. Really bad ones. And we all get insecurities, right? We look at the romantic today. Nobody knows it, you know. I mean, yeah, I know there's people out there that they experience beautiful love and romance, and that's a very rare thing. That's a very beautiful thing. But.
most of us don't know it. Never seen it before, except for in movies. And I was abusive. I was abusive. didn't know how not to be really it's not that my parents were like that like my dad never ever hit my mom my parents rarely argued when they did though it was pretty crazy <laughs> but it was always my mom getting arrested because she would pull out knives and shit on my dad but uh she that was after you know, and she went crazy. And I do that, mean that in the little girl sense. When I was seven, she just went crazy. I don't know what happened, really. But one day she just vanished. And came back, and that's when all the crazy shit started happening in the, you know, I, I don't, I, I, I probably told it a little weird in order, sorry to mix it up like that, but let me be very clear, my parents had a beautiful relationship, my mom was loving, brilliant, and life was heaven, up until I was seven. And up until my mom left, when my mom was found again, then, well, she wasn't the same. One could say that she was possessed. I do say that. And she said it too. Of course, back then we didn't believe her, of course, because that's crazy. That's insane. And when you treat somebody like they're crazy, how do they act? What would they become? How would they live in a world where everybody just treats them like they're crazy? Well, they'd probably act a lot like my mom. And you see, I didn't even know. I didn't even understand how much I blamed her because I did it in silence. It was an unwritten law in my mind. I blamed her for everything, all of the pain. But there was a level even deeper than that. that I didn't understand either. And that's how it goes, isn't it? And that level was love. I went through a very long and hard journey. A journey of self-discovery of my emotions and the truth within me. It took a lot to find out that 
the reason why it hurt to begin with, the reason why I didn't want to look at the pain is because I was ashamed. Because the truth is, I love her. I love my mom. I'm sure you can relate. Think of anybody that you hate, blame. I think you'll find that if you dig deep enough, you'll see that you're lying to yourself. That's why it hurts. Because you're full of shit to yourself. Making up excuses. To not relate, to not see that you just want love. And you want the truth within you to shine. And there's a lot of ego. And what is the ego but reflective insecurities? A bunch of laws and regulations made up in our minds that say this is how it is and this is this. And it's needed, sure. You need it to survive in this world. Because it's a very cutthroat, insecure world right now. It's changing though. We're evolving. Some of us are starting to remember. When I came back from Canada, after trying to find my mom the second time, because I went up there twice, I didn't find her either time. Well, coming back, a lot of spiritual things had happened to me. Things that were hard to talk about to people, except for the spiritually inclined. Because, uh, people that aren't into that kind of stuff, they just think it's a bunch of woo-woo. Which becomes the judgment, which becomes the blame, which becomes us basically victims. Victims of what? Other people's insecurities. And that's really what it is, really. I mean, you've got a whole huge fraction of people on Earth. And, uh, you know, so many people experience all kinds of stuff. And I would say, yeah, I've heard people say some pretty crazy stories. I don't believe all of them. No. You can't. Because people do make up shit. And people do lie. So how the fuck do you get through that shit? Well, you know, two ways. First is to be humble and say, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my perspective is wrong. And the second is to say, maybe the communication is wrong. 
Maybe it's wrong. Maybe I don't understand what they're saying, and I think that they mean something, but maybe they don't mean what I think they mean. And if both of those fail, then you're fucked. Pretty much what it comes down to. Because, I mean, you gotta experience shit for yourself, right? Or you gotta be able to empathize, right? And if you cannot empathize, then you cannot understand. Unless you experience. If you can't empathize, then you can't really trust, can you? And I'm not saying, like, don't trust somebody if you can't empathize them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that Trust literally is a factor that is dependent on empathy. I'm not saying it's a choice. It's not a choice. You cannot choose that. Because you need the empathy to understand anything. Because understanding is only a thing that happens within. This is why the ancients talked in parable. This is why the wise speak in storytelling to convey a message because you have to be able to understand by putting yourself in the other person's shoes whether it's a comic book or not and that level of empathy is the level of awareness if you think about it it's a thing that you don't need vision like we have to see with empathy you experience for yourself but you only understand another through the depths discovered within yourself what does that mean? That means if you don't have the depth, I shouldn't say you, I'm sorry. When, when we talk in phrases like you, the other person, the listener, takes it to mean uh, the verses. Very rude. Sorry for that. I'm sorry. We. Let's say we. But when we lack depth then we only understand things in the dynamic that we were brought up around which is limiting it's hindering of everyone involved with us because it hurts other people people are afraid to be free because of the limitations of others imposed on them. People are shy, shameful because of the dynamics other people impose on them. People hide and lie about themselves because of the dynamics that other people impose upon them.
and then they regurgitate it. And it's never nice. It's never fun. And it's hell. That would be exactly how any culture, any civilization, would limit itself to hell. I like to say it like this. If you imagine it, just imagine the possibility. What if everybody, everybody in the world, from the beginning to now, has always been innocent? Innocent. And what I mean is, innocent from the heart. We do know that when a person causes another person pain, when a person lashes out, isn't it always from a place of suffering within? How about for you? And I'm doing it specifically pointing at you, the listener. Don't you feel that you're innocent in your heart? We can look at it scientifically as the mind works around to get past shames. It comes up with reasoning, excuses. That's how it works. We always do this. How is that, right? There must be a thing like gravity, a law a natural law that is giving it direction and a directional force. We can see this emotion even in animals, meaning that it's not so much a thing about being us in our taught ways of society as much as a thing about consciousness and consciousness itself. Well, this would be obvious, really, if you think about it. Because everybody, throughout all of time, has been saying it all the time. The truth is love. And that's why it hurts. Not love. Love does not hurt. Many people have quoted that. The denial of love hurts. When we deny it from another, when we deny it to another, when we deny ourselves, it hurts badly. And as our mind comes up with more and more excuses, reasonings, well, it covers it up. That's what sucks. Because most people don't want to look. And I understand. They were all there. I didn't want to look. 
I guess sometimes I still don't. And it's inauthentic, isn't it? To not look. To not look at our true emotions within. It's um, fake, plastic. Very much hypocrisy. Anyhow, at the end of Jesus' story, he started calling everybody hypocrites, <laughs> which was the truth of his perspective. If we look at it, not for looking at it like it was uh, well you gotta listen to what he said and follow it 100% because we don't understand the dynamics so that's ridiculous and not for oh looking at it like oh it's 0% true and it's impossible because this isn't looking for faults because that's obtuse but if we look at it like the story it is and we empathize well, then we can look and read within ourselves the psychological truths, the emotional wisdom. It's funny how the denial works because people in denial in this age are reading the story and reflecting back the same denial that they had back then. See, as they looked at Jesus, what did he do? One, he loved everybody. His family. Everybody. He forgave everybody. And he only judged the judgmental and hypocritical which is symbolic if we think about it Satan get thee behind me and all that jazz right so what happened was people looked at him And they did not want to feel or look at their own hypocrisy. People in this day and age still have that. I tell you, go on and do something very brave and good. Stand up in public. Shout from your heart. Now, I'll tell you, if you speak the truth, if you speak all the truth, people will hate you. Maybe not everybody, but the ones in denial of that goodness and those virtues being true within another person, because they don't have it blossomed within themselves, they wouldn't believe that you could have it. They would not believe that it would be possible for you to be a good person.
because they blame themselves and they feel shame. But they wouldn't want to look at that shame. They wouldn't want to feel it. So the subconscious mind suffers it. While the waking mind isn't so much awake. And that's the exact dynamic. And they say, no, I know your intent. Or, I know what you were thinking, or I know you and all this shit, right? You know. It's, doesn't it hurt, right? It hurts because they really don't. People try to claim that you are their reflection while not looking at themselves. We all do that, don't we? We try not to, but some people, that's hard and we have to forgive them. Not all of us know that that's even possible of a aspect to blame somebody our own hypocrisies. But it's always true, isn't it? These things, they, I call them universal truths in that the more that I speak them, the more I start to see that people in denial will not want to listen to it. <laughs> so if you made it to this far end, half an hour in, then I congratulate you. You passed through cognitive dissonance, and I'm very proud. This is spiritual counselor, Sean Thomas Villafana, president of Kapahuna, director of operations, publisher, web designer, entrepreneur, and poet. Over and out. That was fun. Yeah, I remember that. That was a good one. Wow, yeah, I went pretty deep there, huh? Yeah. I liked that. That was cool. And I really liked the way that I explained the dynamics projection. I think I've never said it better. I probably will have to learn to say it better, though. But let's listen to my song again. I got barely enough time to play it. Let's hear that one about the upper lip smelling, right?
the way I'm in it. Behind me, yeah. Ooh. And then my saddle, I'm chewing. 